Hello and welcome to Buffy Nation, a weekly Buffy podcast where we talk about Buffy, recap Buffy, uh, do all things big and buff. Uh, you are joined by your hosts. My name is Andrew. Hi, Andrew. And my co-host, Maxine. Hello. This week we are second episode into season one of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. Uh, we left it on quite a quite a cliffhanger last week, you know. Buffy's in a little... In an empty, no, no, it was empty. In a little, uh, little crypt inside a, I guess coffin? a coffin thing, a stone coffin. Um, it was a coffin? I don't know what else you'd call it. Yeah, stone coffin, quite deep, quite a deep yeah. coffin. And I guess it was like, it looked like it was built like part of the mausoleum. Yeah, mausoleum. Not, yeah. Good, good word. Um, I didn't make it. <laughs> it's just, it's good. I think it's a good word. Uh, yeah, cowering like a pathetic little worm. Excuse me. After a storm. And the birds are out f- f- to feast. Okay, Andrew. And the bird is Luke. A vampire. <laughs> a vampire Luke. Yeah. And Buffy's the worm. And Luke is being creepy. Well, it's like, a, it's a creepy move of him like getting into the... Yeah, he's all... He's, I didn't like it. No, he's a weird guy. He's, he kind of, like I said last week, has big um, wannabe poet energy. Oh, yes. Yes. Like... A talking verse and... He's just a bit dramatic. Yeah, I like theatre kid energy. Yes, like calm down, Luke. Yeah, chill out, man. Not everything's a monologue. Yes, it's like he got transported from when he was made to like the 90s. Yeah. So haven't you been talking to other people? Have you just been stuck with the master this whole time? Just... Is it his boyfriend? I don't know. Because that's the vibe I was getting... I've, I've never gotten that vibe before. But this rewatch, that was a vibe you were getting? It was, yeah, it was very like, well, oh, when we get to that section, mm. I can discuss that. Did you enjoy the episode? This episode? Uh, it really just feels like a continuation of the previous episode in that it felt, one thing that was quite weird was that it felt quite short. It felt like a really short episode and like not a whole heap happens in it. But, um, I mean, it's a full episode yeah it is a full episode um after i watched it i then rewatched it with the commentary and apparently it was a short episode and they had to re-film things after they finished 12 the final of the season to slot in some fillers okay but i think the first episode was denser because we we're getting a lot more information yeah well, there was some information going on yeah, here yeah. but not as much it just feels i don't know if the if it's less Maybe less happens in it, or maybe because it picks up exactly where the last one finished, mm. you don't have that sort of build up and set up. It's kind of just playing out the things that happened in the last episode. Yeah, and we're not trying to those. figure out what's wh- who's this, what's going to happen, yeah. even though we've seen it before. But yep. you know, so shall I run through a mild recap? Yeah, I'll do the recap. Let's get our our teeth sunk into it, <laughs> so to say. So. Yes, we left off with Gross Blue going in for the creepy kill and the cross that she got from, I wrote in my notes, that man, because we don't know his name yet, mm. but I'm not going to go with that. It's just it's just angel. The it's angel. Angel, like, sure. Like, it's not a huge... We do learn that pretty soon yeah. within this episode. Yeah, the cross that Angel gave her repels Luke. Buffy gets away. She runs weirdly through the cemetery... Like, really weirdly, maybe she's injured, but I feel like she really ups her running game in season three. She saves Willow and Xander. Yeah, 
I found the bit where she goes over and saves Willow kind of weird because she sort of kicks the vampire off and then just skedaddles and leaves Willow on her own. She doesn't help Willow up. And I understand that she's running. She's trying to save Xander. But it doesn't, it's not quite immediate that that's what she's doing until it cuts to her saving Xander. But she kind of comes, kicks this vampire. She doesn't stake them. She just kicks them off mm. and then just runs away. And I, I was like, what she, why is she just running, kicking them and running away? Or it just didn't stand out to me. Then we go back to the library and Giles explains to Xander and Willow about the history of the real world, which is the evil world. And they're all like, vampires? Why are we talking about vampires? They don't exist. And then he goes into this big monologue, which I copied and pasted from somewhere. Do you want me to read it in about my Giles' what is, voice? No. Do sorry, you want no, to read it in a Giles' voice? No, I'm not doing a voice. It's uh, Sorry, it's an explainer by um, that guy, Joss. Joss Weed. Okay. Giles says things like he dismisses popular mythology, but he's speaking of like the Bible story. So he's like saying Christianity is a lie. And then he talks about how demons were the first dudes on earth and then they mixed with they infected humans creating the very first vampire mm. blah 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 yeah this was also one of those scenes you know how we were, last week we were talking about the remaster mm-hmm. um during this scene buffy and willow are in the same shot together and this is on streaming and it's like the top half of buffy's head is cut off and basically like from the chin down willow's head is cut off so you're getting like not a f- the full face of either of them and it's very strange and I hope you I haven't like rewatched it. the YouTube video about the remaster thing. No, I have Because haven't. I've forgotten and because I told you how the DVD version's too dark to watch. Yeah. So I have still watched it on Disney. I don't notice the cropping. For me, this was like just it was real weird on this one. Yeah. So the idea that Earth was not a paradise and I think that was like talking about Adam and Eve and like links with the notion that darkness is a key part of the human condition so on and so forth. Willow's shocked. Xander's annoying. He's kind of annoying in this episode. Yes. Then... Just this episode? There are... No, he's he gets pretty annoying a lot of the time. Yeah, like when I was a teenager, I thought Xander was cool. And then I went through that phase that I think everyone goes through when they have a rewatch of like, what a fucking jerk. <laughs> And now I'm just like, he has these funny moments, Mm -hmm. but overall he's a terrible person. Yep. Then Dala and Luke bring Jesse to the master as a gift. Dala is such like a simpering loser. Yeah. And also like there's this bit where Jesse's staring at the master. He doesn't look scared. They're standing like side by side. So there's a Luke on one side and Dala on the other side. And he's just standing there. They're not really holding him or anything. It kind of looks like someone's shown him something on the internet that's a bit, a bit, a bit crook. And he's like, what do you, what is this thing you're showing me? Like 1990s, early 2000 internet, like <laughs> lemon party meat spin kind of era of the internet. I have no idea what that means. Well, but... you'd have the same look on your face, which is kind of like a, he just doesn't, he doesn't look scared. He just looks kind of concerned, but a bit more just sort of discomforted. I like. Don't Google those things, by the I'm way. I'm not going to. Or you're telling the people. <laughs> Either. I yeah. mean, you can Google them. They're not, they're not. I don't want to. They're not that bad. But I liked the look on his face because I feel like that's what my face would look like. Kind of just a bit, just a bit confused. What? Because you'd be so shocked. It yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't feel real. You'd also be intrigued, like what well, the fuck's going on? You here? wouldn't. Wouldn't you be scared? Kind of just no. Like, I'd just... be. I'd be too shocked to be scared. Okay. Um. 
they figure out the Slayer has returned to Sunnydale. My note is much vampire makeup. Yeah. They've, they've really packed it on. Then we're back in the library. We get our first glimpse of Willow being a computer nerd slash hacker. Uh, everything's so old. Computers old. Yeah. The internet's old. There's big CRT monitors. Yeah. They figure out where the entrance to wherever the master's hiding place is. Giles asks Willow to help with research. And Xander's like, I want to help. Let me, are we going to saddle up? And she said, no. Buffy? Yeah. Yeah. Because she's the slayer and you're a fucking skater boy. And you're nothing. You're no one. You can't help. Also, once again, Giles is too close to Willow on the computer. Giles is too close to a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of the time. Stand back, old man. Yeah. You're 41. We learned. (laughs) You're around high school students. Step back. At some point in the library scene, Giles says, you can read this out, actually. Oh, yeah? It may be that you can wrest some information from that dread machine. And then he says, can you surf the net? Does he? They look at him like he said something real weird. Because that's a weird sentence to write. And then he says something about, oh, that's my Britishness. That's not, uh, yes, that's he not says, British. That's not a British sentence. Sorry, that was very... Well, from that dread machine is... Dread machine? I mean, just like being like old. I guess it's just an from old man. From that fucking box, eh? <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> okay. Fucking Andrew, geezer. Andrew, Andrew. That's how I'm going to do Giles' voice from now on. <laughs> but can I reread it in that voice? No. Please. Okay. It may be that we can wrest some information from that dread machine. <laughs> Fucking geezer. Lucky I have editing powers this week. <laughs> we'll see how I feel about that. You'll love it. You'll listen back and you'll, you'll be giddy. Mm. Giddy with my impressions. <laughs> Principal Flutie catches Buffy as she tries to leave the school on her second day. Yes. And I feel like I'll probably say this in every episode, especially because I can never remember a single thing that I say on a previous episode, Mm. but because I don't watch season one often, but I did watch it a lot as a child. Like, used to tape it on the VHS VHS and then just, like, after school, rewatch it. That scene really gives me nostalgic feels. Where he comes up to her and is like, where yeah. do you think you're going? It's like her outfit, her sunglasses. I must have thought she was so cool. Yeah. That was, I, I feel like you don't see her wearing sunnies much. But yeah. in that scene, she's got him. And the um, way she jumps over the fence when yeah. Flutie walks away, it's inspiring. I like the bit where he's sort of saying, because she makes up an excuse about how like the Giles. librarian, yeah. Giles, has asked her to go get a book and she's got a free period. And he's like, I don't know how they do things in England with their, what does he say? He with says, their, with their ro- royal family. And royal family and their problems. Yeah. And I was like, and he's like, but here in America, that's not how we do it. And I was like, America famously has no problems. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, yeah, and then he closes the gate so she can't get out and she does a sick backflip over it. That you don't, it's off camera, but it's still, I think it's cool. I think it's great. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Uh, then uh, flirty, cheeky angel yeah. is waiting for Buffy in the mausoleum. And I just wonder what they thought about when they wrote his character. I thought you were going to say when they dressed him. Oh, that too. Just looks like a bad, he looks like a... A backstreet boy. A backstreet boy waiting, like doing a, waiting at a charity event. Like if a backstreet boy had to be a waiter at a charity event, that's how he's dressed. He looks like a 14 year old backstreet boy. Yeah. (laughs) He wants her not to go down there and warns her about the harvest. Boring, boring master. Uh, Says his name's Angel. Also Buffy. I laughed out loud mm. when Buffy says, do you even know what it's like to have a friend? Yeah. <laughs> and he looks so sad. Oh, he doesn't have any. Well, he might be thinking about Not yet, anyway. Spike and he was 
friends with Spike and Drew and Dala. And maybe he's like, oh, my old girlfriend's down there. Like yeah, Dala. yeah. Maybe that's why he's not trying to intervene too much. Maybe. It's just too much for him, you know? I just don't think they... Also trying to explain to this person that he clearly is flirting with, oh, yeah, that's my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. That's not going to go down well, is it? No. But also the character of him being, like, flirty and cheeky yeah. is just weird because that doesn't really come back. He does get, like, better in Angel... Like, when I say better, he just has more character. Yeah. But I just think it's bizarre that we're not going to see this angel ever again. Also, do you think Angel's hot? I can't. I couldn't comment. Kind of like when we were talking about David Spade, Who's Spader, David? Spader uh, last yeah. week. I don't know. I don't think so. But like, I feel like the '90s. There's not a lot of like hot men in the '90s. When I look at the that era of like what was deemed a hot man, yeah. I don't. I don't see it a lot of the time. I don't think I know what a hot man looks like. I had a drink with an old friend yesterday, and we'll discussing like I've known her since I was 19 she was 20 and we were talking about dating and she said that there's no hot men in Melbourne and she's moving to Sydney famously full of hot men (laughs) and then she said she went on a holiday there recently and went on dating apps and um, hooked up with a bunch of guys and then showed me their photos and they were objectively hot but I don't think I can tell in photos. What genre were they? What genre of man? Plain. Plain. Like plain hot. Plain hot. Yeah. Like kind of beautiful. Beautiful dumb idiot. I don't know if they're dumb idiots. But I can usually tell by the way someone moves and the way Angel moves and like interacts with the world mm. is just not hot to me. Yep. I can see why the 90s would think he was hot. Yeah. I don't think I thought he was hot when I was a child either. When I say child, I mean like 13. Anyway... Oh, there's some weird camera moves here. You know, like the the screen, like... Panning? Yeah. And it's like the old scene kind of crosses over. Like a PowerPoint transition. transition. Yeah. (laughs) Giles discovers that the harvest will happen tonight. Uh, So Buffy got into the tunnels, so she breaks in. Xander shows up to help find Jesse. Lots of time of them walking through this tunnel. Yeah, and he's got really long sleeves. Did you notice that? No. I just, that, that was one thing I noticed about this scene. I was like, why are his sleeves so long? That's it's not. the 90s. It was like Ariana Grande kind of long. And he is no Ariana Grande. Nope. And it's just like, what are you doing, Xander? Are you helping or are you hindering? He is definitely a, a hindrance down there. You're right. Yeah. And then I have, hello, Harmony. Welcome to the show. Because yeah, we're in cut, the computer lab. Cut to the computer lab. This was a funny scene. It was. Many funny bits. So, also, Cordelia says it's Friday night. Yes. And that, so that means they're at the bronze on Thursday. Oh, Thursday night. I yeah. wrote this down as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she says um, that tonight there's no cover charge as well. Yeah. She goes, there's no cover charge. It's Friday night at the bronze. So what, they paid to get in on a Thursday? They must have. And there was a band yeah. on a Thursday night. Sprung and Monkey. Sprung Monkey were there. Maybe that's why. Maybe because we find out later there is no band playing. Uh, spoiler alert at the bronze. Uh, so maybe that's why there's no cover charge. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they don't have to pay the band. Good one, Andrew. Didn't even notice that. But yeah, that like on a Thursday night. So that means they started school on a Thursday. Yeah. The, why would you have your first day back at school on a Thursday? Maybe it starts on a particular date and not day. Maybe. Uh, lol. I wrote lol at that surfer dude. Yeah. yeah and he's yeah, like yeah. facial expressions. He's like, whoa, Buffy. Ugh. I, I, want he, I really like if he became a regular character <laughs> that just sticks his head in and kind of yeah. just joins in on conversations. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny. But, like, he doesn't seem like a cool guy. And Cordelia's fine with him. Like, why is she talking to him? Yeah. 
I also stand by my Cordelia's Mean Girl scenes being written by an insecure, bitter loser. Absolutely. Based on their feelings rather than facts. Oh, actually, so I wrote that down. Then I watched the director's cut. I keep going to call Joss Giles. Joss Whedon said that this scene was another thing from his life, only he's the pers- he was the Cordelia. Oh, he was being mean. Yeah. He said, I thought it was really funny at the time, like when he said, oh, I don't talk to you. Why? Because you're boring. Mm. Uh, he said he thought he was being really funny at the time, but the person was really upset. So simultaneously, he's writing the mean people like he's the loser from the outside, but is also he is the mean person. Yeah, and, and, he, has and he, it. he thinks he's the victim. Wow. And he probably, like, I still stand by what I said originally. Like, he probably is a bitter, was a bitter teenager and thought that's what the cool kids are saying to the losers, so I'm going to say the same thing and he just hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Anyway, Buffy and Xander find Jesse chained in the tunnel. They are trapped. Jesse's a vampire. Dun, dun, dun. Where's Buffy's vamp senses? Like... <sighs> Look, this whole scene... I've got a lot of beef with this entire scene. So before we discover that Jesse's a vampire, they Mm. find him chained up and they... Chained up to... Like he's removed himself from the wall, but he's like ankles are chained together. Chained to something. So they they help him out. Buffy does strong and gets him out. Yeah. And then they're walking along, trying to work out a way out. Probably the way you'd come from. But anyway, (laughs) uh, they continue forward and then they turn around a corner and there's some vampires just standing there going... Like grinning and looking scary, and with any lack of urgency, they all go, "Oh, uh, what do we do? Oh, uh, we should th- uh, this way." And Jesse's like, "Oh, we should go this way." Uh, and then they proceed to, I don't know, briskly walk down the down the corridors into another room. I thought that they didn't see those vampires. No, they see. I them. thought they just saw the shadow. No, they see the vampires. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, oh, we should get out of here and kind of Scooby-Doo it and like with the little feet and then yeah. kind of run. It takes them too long to kind of actually start moving. Yeah. And then they, he, uh, Jesse tells them, oh, come through this way into this room and then it's a dead end. And then surprise, Jesse's a vampire. I'm going to bite you now. Yeah. And then Buffy, he starts uh, trying to attack Xander. Xander pulls out a cross that Buffy had previously gave him to him uh, and it kind of fends uh, Jesse away a bit and then that gives Buffy an opportunity to grab him and throw him out the door to land on top of the other vampires as they're trying to get in. And it's like they're all really clumsy, dumb idiots. Like she throws them and then they kind of like get bowling balled over. Yeah. And it takes them ages to get up. And she's trying to close the door, which is fine. It's a big rusty door. She's trying to close it. And then one of them sticks her arm through. But just the way she kind of like throws Jesse onto the other vampires and they all kind of fall over and then kind of slowly get up. Like Okay. Like it's the Three Stooges or something. I understand what you're saying. In their defense, finding out Jesse's a vampire would be quite shocking. Not for Buffy. Yeah, but it would be. You think you've just moved to a new place. You thought you just made a friend. She's been around Vamps. She everywhere. hasn't. She just And she didn't really get to know Jesse. She had one interaction yeah, but with him. Still. Nah. And she hasn't been a vampire slave for years. She's I just think that she could have done better. Yeah, no, I'm sure she could have, but I understand her being a bit shocked. And mm. probably like not wanting to kill Jesse in front of Xander straight away. Sure. Like that makes sense. Um while you have some scene notes, I wrote, 
some notes about Sanders' chain on his pants. Yes. Yeah, he had the, the wallet chain. <laughs> yeah, the wallet chain. Yep. And I wrote, I wonder if Instagram was around back when Buffy came out and if Xander was cool, if there would be an Instagram account for Xander's pants chain. Did you watch Normal People with Paul Meskell? No. Uh, he's wearing a chain, a gold chain in it and there's an Instagram account called Connell's Chain, which is the character's name. Yeah. And I wonder if... It's just dedicated to his chain. Yeah, if it was dedicated to yeah. Xander's wallet chain. Yeah, and if not if not Instagram, then Tumblr. Yeah. And if not Tumblr, then Live Journal. Paul Maskell's hot and cool and Xander... Who's Paul Maskell? I'm going to look him up. Getting a lot of other Pauls before I get Paul he's Maskell. He's hot because um, he's cool. Not the most, I'd say, pretty normal looking photo. He interacts with the world well, yes, sure. but if you watch him in a TV show, yeah, okay. if you watch him being interviewed, you'd be like, that's a hot man. He's got it. He's got it. He's definitely got He's it. He's got what David Borneas ain't. Yep. Borianas. Borianas, Borneas. <laughs> David Boneyass. Because <laughs> he's in Bones. Never seen it. Me either. So, after their clumsy little fight with Xander's little chain... Uh, they get away, they go into the sunlight. They uh, circumvent their demise by escaping out of a vent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. Anyway, Willow and Giles plan some stuff. That was That's when, and then they, they come back and uh, that's, that's when it. they're kicking. That's, that's when, when he kicks the, the bin. Uh, Xander kicks the bin because they're back in the library. Uh, the master stabs a vampire in the eye. This is not in the library. Uh, Luke, oh, this is where I'm like, is Luke in love with the master? Yeah, because he proceeds to suck off the master. Yeah, okay, it's not just that. Luke is being weird, like he's being prepped to be the vessel for the harvest, and their conversation sounds like some kind of creepy wedding vows, like, I am your body vessel, I don't know, like, I can't remember, I should have written down the quotes, and then he's like sucking And he sucks him off. Andrew... This is, so you know morning. what I said to you? You know what I said to you before? How crude can I be in this episode? This was the uh, the the uh, thing I was referring to. Ah, uh, I I heard you, but you didn't answer. So no, I, I didn't. I, I viewed that as a license for me to make a lot of sucking off jokes. <laughs> I heard you, but I didn't quite hear exactly what you meant. I'm like mm, Andrew said something about being crude, and I just moved on <laughs> <laughs> and didn't respond. Yes, he's like sucking the master's hand on his knees, but he's like his head is bobbing. He's sucking his wrist. His wrist, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's getting a wristy. So, back in the library, Giles tells the gang the history of the master in Sunnydale and explains that if the master's vessel, Luke, is able to drain enough blood, then he'll be able to break through his like mystical barrier thing. At the end, Xander decides that the harvest will go down at the bronze. Giles is, like, after he explains all this, like, but we need to find out where it will be. And Xander's just like, it'll be at the bronze because that's where Jesse would go. And no one questions him and they just all walk off to battle. It's like, there's no discussion. (laughs) Uh, So Buffy's at home getting her supplies. Joyce stops Buffy from going out and oh yeah at first I was like what she didn't stop her going out on Thursday night but she's stopping her going out on a Friday (laughs) night but then it turns out she's stopping her because Flutie called about Buffy skipping classes I was like all right checks out um Buffy sneaks out in her very cool leather jacket great outfit great hair yeah Much 90s. Much 90s. Much 90s goodness. Mm. Uh, At the bronze. Got anything to say, Andrew? I do. So it goes to the bronze and the bouncer is checking IDs. 
which is good because we did have questions about how do they all get in. Mm-hmm. So he's checking IDs, which means that they check IDs, but he's not good at checking IDs because most of the people there are underage. Well, no. When we did have this discussion, I think I also said that once Dawn is in the bronze, in yes, in the bronze with the gang, and she has a wristband on, which signifies that she's underage. Okay. The, the other thing as well is yeah. he's taking door fees and Cordelia had already said that they're not charging. So he's just telling, he's just making people pay to get in. Cheeky bouncer. I did not notice that, but I thought he was cool looking. But we're inside. We're at the bronze. Cordelia's being very Cordelia. Uh, vampire Jesse's got a new hairdo. He gets her to have a dance with him. Yeah, it's really, I found that whole scene a bit weird. And at first I didn't realise there was no band playing because... A song comes on and it's a weird grungy rock song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the opening lyric is, it's like, you fight the good fight. And it's said like that. It's real weird. But mm. Cordelia goes, I love this song. And she goes downstairs to dance. And then the song ends, but it ends like quite, it just stops. Yeah. And then there's a pause and then another like song no starts. there's no DJ. So there's Someone's no DJ. Playlist. But at first I thought there was a band playing and then I was like, they're just not going to clap the band because it's just like <laughs> awkward silence and then another song starts. Yeah. And yeah, so there is it's no- It's a mixtape. It's a mixtape. There's no one DJing. The Bronze is a place where you just put on a CD and you leave it. Um, when I- The director's commentary. Mm. When you're watching the director's commentary. Yes. So Jesse being able to get the girl as a vampire, just described like this- this is Joss. Oh, do you want to read out Joss? You can be Joss. No, you're not going to like my Joss. Okay, no, I'm not. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to read it all, actually. It's just that after he becomes a vampire, he suddenly has some kind of charisma. Mm-hmm. And he tries to have some kind of charisma. He says, no pun intended. Oh, damn it. Damn, yeah. Just wait and beat me to it. And some kind of magnetism and it's just confidence. And I was like, yep, that's, that's I can get around that. That's yeah, me a, too. It's a good idea. Yep. And... He also said again that that's just something that feels extremely real from high school because that confidence, that knowing that you have something is really a lot of what it took to become something more than just a dork. It's getting that confidence. Anyway, oh, sorry, he finishes it with, it's just getting that confidence is nearly impossible. Jesse had to die to do it. Wow. Yeah. So then we've got the great scene, which I like, which we just watched then. Yeah. Uh, the music playing. So the bad gang rock up, all the vampires. Yes. The music's it's in slow-mo. It's quite cinematic. Yeah. Luke says his speech. Yeah, and they switch off the lights and then Luke steps on the stage. Yeah. And there's a vampire holding a spotlight <laughs> pointing at him. And I was like, Jesus, this guy is such a fucking theatre kid. He's like, I'm going to get on stage and do my monologue about how they're all going to die tonight. And so just make sure you hit my good side. And <laughs> and it would have made more sense for them to just like start killing. Like he could have started feeding straight away. Just, yep. But he had to go say his thing with his spotlight. I have another note to say about the spotlight in a second, but we'll get into that. Then Luke goes in to kill the door guy and there's something quite sexy about Luke and the hot door guy. And he sucks the good door guy off. Sucks him off real good. Andrew, I'm going to cut that out, so you better stop. I'm going to keep saying sucked off so many times that you, for continuity, you're going to have to keep it in. You're just going to put it into a sentence real quick. Yeah. No, then you're just going to sound like a freak. <laughs> um, then the good gang arrive. Luke is feeding. The master's touching his barrier with his nails. Yeah, the, the master's getting off on it. Yeah. 
the master's getting really into the whole thing. He can feel the energy from the people because every time Luke bites someone, that blood and energy goes to the master. That was the ritual. I don't know if we explained that properly. I got a little sidetracked by my... Oh, no, we didn't. I just couldn't be bothered because I thought I went into too much detail last time. Yeah. Uh, Cordelia gets carried up by Dala. Then Buffy goes because she comes in through the roof and she's on the mezzanine type thing, sees mm-hmm. the guy with his spotlight and she throws him down, but I feel like she holds the spotlight into place before she goes down because the spotlight <laughs> stays like where it's supposed yeah. to be. But she throws him down and then she like fancy girls off the the ledge onto the pool table and then does her mediocre fight moves. Yeah, there's a few. This She stakes a vampire with a pool cue. Yeah. And there was a bit earlier on when they're in the cemetery and she rips a branch off and she stakes someone. And I think the dusting budget must have been pretty low for this episode because yeah. there's quite a lot of staking of vampires off scene. slightly off screen. Yeah. Um, so she stabs them in the chest and it sticks around for a while and you can kind of see it's a, it's a good visual gag, but yeah. It is a good visual gag, but I feel re- like realistically that – the pool cue should have just fallen to the ground rather than going up yes, with the body. I agree. I thought that as well. I thought it was a bit... It, it, it also felt a little like they were still in their decision-making of, like, how long does it... Oh, what's yeah. the dusting? Are people going to be dusted? There's so many, like, I feel like on-the-fly decisions being made. Yeah. Anyway, Buffy and Luke are fighting. The other guys, uh, Xander, Willow, Giles, they get in and they start, like, getting people out. Uh, Jesse attacks Cordelia. Xander confronts Jesse, and they have a moment before Xander accidentally stakes Jesse as a passerby bumps into him. Yeah. Ciao, Jesse. We'll never hear from you again. See ya. Yep. Uh, Luke seems to think Buffy's blood is better. I wrote too much talking, not enough drinking, Luke. Yeah. Why t- you could have bitten her ages ago, but you just like blah blah blah. Yep. Let me say my little speech. Buffy then. Back headbutts him, which is a really good move. It was aesthetically pleasing. Mm. She pretends to, like, pass out. Then he goes in for the bite, and then she back headbutts him. And then she smashes a window, pretends the sun has come up, and while he's dumb and distracted, she stakes him. Poor sad master. His plan has failed. Foiled. Because he looks so sad. Yeah. Big sad master. Know, he's lost his boyfriend. Yeah. What well, is sad? There was one bit you missed. <laughs> and I told you I'm skipping over bits. No, no, I know. So there's so this I one I went bit too far into it. There's this one bit where Jar well, Jars is being attacked by Dala. Yeah. And Ah, uh, yep, yep, yep. That's and, a good part. And Willow uh, pulls out some holy water and throws it on her and Dala kind of screams and runs away. And I spent probably most of my time researching on this episode, mm-hmm. researching specifically about that sound effect of the screaming because I recognised it and went, that's a sound effect that gets used a lot. And I've it heard was. it before. Yeah. And I, w- I went pretty deep uh, and I found out, I found what the sound effect is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Screams 7, Woman, Three Screams, Exterior, Close uh, close Perspective. It's from a, like a stock library sound effect thing called the Premiere Edition Volume 1 uh, and was produced in 1990. Some TV shows that mm-hmm. it's been used in. It's been used in a lot of things, but so Family Guy, Futurama, uh, Buzz Lightyear, an episode called Slayer. Oh. Uh, the Sopranos. <laughs> Uh, it also appears in some rap songs. Uh, it appears in The City by the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Aquemini by Outkast, and Big Egos by Dr. Dre off the 2001 album. 
Uh, it's in a bunch of movies as well. I went deep. Uh, it's in the <laughs> butterfly effect. Uh, I've never seen that. Which then led me on a further rabbit hole of trying to find if there was any connections between the butterfly effect and Buffy. And then I ended up on a fan fiction mm-hmm. website from 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's someone writing a butterfly effect style Buffy fan fiction where they'll co- they're like going back in time. And I read the first chapter. Uh, mm, great. Uh, and the Is this wh- why when I got here, you were looking up a random person and seeing yeah. if they were connected to Buffy somehow? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also State of the Union, Triple X State of the Union, which is an action film which stars Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube was in NWA with Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also I tried to see if I could get Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ice Cube connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sarah Michelle Gellar was in a film called Happy Never After, mm-hmm. which is an animated film I'd never heard of which also has Sigourney Weaver as the bad guy in it. Yeah. And then Sigourney Weaver's in a film called Rampart, which has Ice Cube in it amongst a whole bunch of other famous people like uh, what's the guy with the eyes? It's got Woody Harrelson Woody, yeah. and um, oh, Steve Buscemi. What freaky shit you were doing when I got yeah, here. It all then, makes sense. And then I went and looked into movies yeah. as well and tried to tie some of the movies that have the same sound effect yes. back to Buffy. So the film Hook uh, – <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Hook. One of my favorite films as a child. Very much so. Same. So Jack, uh, the actor Charlie Cosmo, yeah, uh, is in the film Can't Hardly Wait. Yes, with I remember. Seth Green, who appears later in Buffy as Oz. Uh, then it's in the film Hackers as well, and the film Looney Tunes Back in Action, which both have Matthew Lillard, who is uh, <laughs> co-stars as Shaggy in the Scooby Doo f- live action films with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Then. This was the weird one, I reckon. Uh, 30 Days of Night, which has Josh Hartnett as well, who's in uh, The Butterfly Effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Josh Hartnett uh, uh, and this actor called Mark Boone Jr. Mm -hmm. And Mark Boone Jr. is in a film called Street Level Mm -hmm. that has Charisma Carpenter in it. What? Yes. And I found myself listening to a podcast called The, The Nighttime Show. Uh, from seven years ago, where Charisma Carpenter and Mark Boone Jr. go on to promote this movie, Street Level, which, weirdly, has Marilyn Manson in it. Wow! So, this big rabbit hole I went on just to find this sound effect led to some pretty fun... This was a good couple of hours of, of research. That's what you were doing. <laughs> I spent way too much time on this one sound effect. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. So, that was my primary research for this episode. <laughs> And the end of my notes. So, plans foiled. Cheeky Angel pops out of nowhere and says something like, I'll be damned. Damn, I didn't know she, I didn't think she'd do it. Yeah, something like that. Weird dude. Didn't help. Yeah. Uh, So, the gang have averted their very first apocalypse. Well done, friends. Yeah, and they're all kind of standing around the aftermath and... In the bronze. Yep. I think there's a little gag where... Things will never be the same again. Things will never be the same again. And then smash cut to everything being the same again at school. Very clever. So, yeah, the next day after the attack. Or is it Monday? Because I feel like Cordelia said you should have been there. Did she say you should have been there last night? Oh, good thinking. I don't know. Um, If she did, you're right. Big continuity error. Because why are you at school on a Saturday? What the fuck, America? I thought you didn't have problems. Yep. School on a Saturday (laughs) sounds like one to me. (laughs) So, everyone's blocked out all their trauma. Yep. Giles cautions of like more trouble to come, but he's like kind of giddy about it. Yeah. Uh, the group joke it off. Willow jokes that Buffy could blow up the school. Uh, and this is another heartwarming moment for me. They're all just having a nice time. It's sunny. Maybe I just like when the sun's out. Yeah. Just like how unfazed everyone is about this 
very traumatic incident at the bronze. That's it. Well, well Giles, people were murdered in front of them. Well, that's it. What Giles say says uh, they will. His people rationalise what they can and forget what they can't. Yeah, which is fair. People died. Where are the cops? I also wrote, I like how Buffy, the show, not the person, has minimal real-life terrible shit like cops. Like yeah. there's no cops because there's that Angel episode where, the, like, there's a police brutality episode. Oh. And it's just like, that's too real, man. Uh, also, the, the ending scene kind of reminds me because Andrew and I watched clips of Screen 2 last week. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah, we watched a... a- a YouTube video YouTube about, video about it. Scream too. Yeah. yeah, and the ending of this episode of Buffy reminds me of the ending of Scream Two. Mm. It's like the sun's come out it's the next day, everything's like kind of gone back to normal, and Nev Campbell's just like walking around. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I like that. Yeah, there's some stuff that Giles says about like they're like more vampires, and Giles is like not just vampires. Sorry, sorry. Giles is like not just vampires. Andrew, <laughs> I said I'd cut it out. <laughs> Not just vampires, but blowjobs. <laughs> uh, I'd love it if you didn't edit a single thing out of this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a good. I like I like it, but it, it does feel like it's just the same episode as it's. You know. Yeah, it's just like kind of uneventful. Yep. If you're watching for the first time, I'll tell you. You know, it might be season two, episode three. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea what that episode is. But I'll say if you don't like it by now, you can stop watching. Okay. But I want you to persevere through this because they didn't have a budget. They were making it up as they went along and it gets good. Yeah, it does. It does. Plus, if you watch Buffy, then you can start watching Angel. Andrew likes Angel better than Buffy. I've met other people that feel the same as well. Those people are fucking idiots. Wow. Nah, it's just different. It's different, yeah. Turn the recording device off and let's argue. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to stick a stake in it and wrap it up. Yep, you wrap it up. So, thank you for listening to Buffy Nation. Uh, You can find us on Instagram at Buffy Nation underscore, or you can send us an email uh, to Buffy Nation podcast at gmail.com. Actually, yes. even though this is like when we made this, decided to do this podcast, yep. it was very low stakes. We didn't want too much planning involved. Mm-hmm. So we just come in and record. But if there is anything people think we should discuss, then... Specific topics. Yeah, like let us know. I'm interested. Yep. We've also got the idea of um, doing some like special presentations. Oh, yeah. Like that's, one-off episode But just in the, well. um, in the actual episode, like yes. do you want to hear something in the episode us talk about? Yep. If you've watched it and have some thoughts thoughts and want to send them through to us uh reach out on instagram or email but also i open our instagram account once a week make a post and then never open it again just send it and hopefully we'll see it maybe we'll make it a i'll get into the habit this week everyone i swear yeah so thank you for listening uh you can catch us next week (gasps) what are you calling this episode andrew oh what are we going to call this episode oh no oh Oh, boy um (laughs) no go you do you no, no, no. Go with no, what no, you no. want to go <laughs> <Really>? with. <laughs> Come on. Every week, Andrew has to name the episode. And it doesn't just have to be me. No, nah, it's you. What What did you name it last week? Uh, last week, I think we named it something along the lines of uh, He Doesn't Need to Call Me. Oh, James Spader, right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, this episode, oh, what is this episode called? It's really tempting to just call it Luke Sucks Off the Master. We can call it Sucks Off. Sucked Off? Or no, 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 we can, you know what we're going to call it? Uh, So this week the episode will be called Screams 7, Woman, Three Screams, Exterior Close Perspective. Okay, ciao. Bye.
Thank you.